Father, we love you. Thanks for Laura being on the podcast. I just pray that this episode helps a ton of people, Lord, male and female, Lord, as they navigate relationships, as they navigate any other situations in their life. Lord, I just pray that you give them so much clarity in that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love it. Cool. So, Laura, you have a podcast and been in ministry for a minute to say the least. What makes you so passionate about helping gals and guys alike kind of navigate their life in general? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. I think some of it comes from watching the chaos around me, experiencing chaos in my own life, and then just seeing things go significantly better with Jesus as you're walking with the Lord, as you are pursuing purity, pursuing faithfulness, and not only that, but understanding truly like God has done so much for me. And there's literally, there is literally no other thing that would be worth giving my life to. And so, yeah. And so you've, you've been working with young people for how long, like in total? Oh my goodness. I, so I've been in full-time ministry for like seven, eight years and young adults, I would say like, since I was a young adult, I've always kind of been a girl who just mentored my peers. So I've been always kind of the one that, you know, in middle school, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going through a breakup. Let me, let me talk to Lara or, you know, what do I do about this? So it's kind of, kind of in this situation. Yeah, yeah. And so in your experience, as you've kind of gone through all of it, what do you think are some of the most significant pitfalls young people have, whether it be just some of the common issues you've seen that you've heard other people talk about? What are some of the most common ones? Yeah, I would say, honestly, it starts with confusion. I think there's a lot of clutter. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of um, noise, if you will. And um, you can you can name a thousand issues. You can name masturbation. You can name low self-worth. You can name pornography. You can name um, depression, anxiety, fear, and singleness. And all those things are like really, really, really common. So if you're struggling with every single one of those or um, maybe even just one, they're really common. And um, a lot of it is people being confused by hearing garbage. Like the things that we take in regularly, um, especially when we're looking up to Kim Kardashian and looking up to um, people who are just really focused on culture, it's hard to know like, hey, what should I pursue? What things are okay? What things are going to serve serve me in life? What should be my main focus? Is it like the things I want in life with the little side of Jesus? Or is it um, here's where I'm headed in life. Did that answer your question? No, absolutely. Answer my question okay. because and I think and I think that's one of the biggest cores of garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And what yeah. you take in is going to dictate eventually the actions, the things that you portray in your lifestyle. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, is that yeah. how can they cover themselves in filth all day in regard to yeah. what they're embracing in, whether it be at work, whether it be on their social media feeds, whether it be at school, if you're in college or high school or grad school or whatever you're into, how can you assume, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to trudge into this trash and then I'm going to come out and I'm, and I'm not going to yeah. breathe that in my life. That's yeah, right. Especially because it's, it's so subtle. It's, it's really subtle. Um, I, I watch crime shows. I, that's my guilty pleasure. I love watching like NCIS and Blacklist. And uh, I mean, you guys can email me, whatever. It's fine. Um, so I love watching shows that kind of have thrill like that. And I was realizing my dreams were like changing a little bit. And I'm like subconsciously, 
even though I don't feel affected by this, it's not creating fear, it's not creating whatever, there is a subtle shift that's happening in my heart and my mind away from, hey, things are peaceful and good and okay to um, a sort of like suspense and uneasiness. And I didn't even realize it was happening. So it's like, okay, the things that I take in all the time are going to affect me no matter if I realize it or not. Yeah. And so what do you think is like a solution to that? Someone's hearing you and they're thinking, okay, like I get it. Uh, I probably don't always, you know, embrace the best stuff, whether it be on my media or my life, but I want to change. What's a practical solution for that person? I would say two things. I would say one, um, build in regular rhythms to your life. Um, And here's what I mean by that. I think we vacillate, like we go between being either super disciplined, like, hey, I work out all the time. I give myself one hour to do this uh, or super just frankly lazy. I do what I want when I want. And there's a happy medium to say, hey, I'm going to not like try so hard to control everything and make this perfect life. And I'm not going to be completely mindless. I'm going to I'm going to um set rhythms in my life that are healthy that get me where I want to go. Um there's a thing called life planning. It's yeah. veering off, but I promise it's it's um intentional. There's a thing called life planning. It's um Hyatt and Harkave if if anyone's interested in looking into that and he basically says you're either like drifting somewhere or you're actively leading yourself somewhere. And obviously all of that as a believer is prayerful. But so that's the first thing I would say, create regular rhythms in the middle uh, that are gonna be healthy. They're gonna help you take next steps um, towards faithfulness and are gonna set boundaries. So for instance, if you're just like, oh, I can look at social media whenever I want to, you're gonna look at social media whenever you want to. But if you think, hey, I'm gonna set my screen time to this limit, or I'm going to, for every time I feel um, anxious from Instagram or TikTok, I'm going to find one verse that I'm going to memorize for every single time I feel anxious about that. Mm. Um, like setting, like leading yourself, setting specific boundaries and kind of rules, if you will, for yourself without overdoing it. Um, the second thing. I would say is start small and create something in your schedule that would indicate that you um, want to take in things that are godly. For instance, take a 30 minute portion of your day and say, I'm going to dim the lights. I'm going to turn the candles on and I'm going to put one scripture in front of me and I'm going to read it over and over and over. There's a practice called Lexio, Lectio Divina. And it's literally taking one scripture and just reading it with different dialects over and over and over in a quiet and still space and reading it over and over and over and just asking, God, what can you teach me differently? And then you'd be surprised, one, how how easily you memorize scripture. Two, how much things start to change in your life. Three, how much those that trash that you've been taking in starts to matter a little bit less and you start finding your affections move towards something that matters more. Wow. And that's powerful too. And I think, you know, you not only have obviously the expertise to back that up, but you have the pedigree, the life experience to back that up. And I was listening to, and I try to be a good host. You're awesome. You're a great host. uh, Of course. I was listening to some of your story on your podcast, Call Her Holy. It's a great podcast, by the way. Plug. Thank you. Um, But you have an incredible story. And Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to do a disservice, but is there any way you could kind of cliff note it yeah. in a minute or so for us, for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I have loved the Lord since I was a kid and uh, was thrown into leadership positions um, because of my affection for the Lord. But I was lacking, I was lacking um, intimacy in a sense of um, vulnerability with people. So I didn't really have confession of sin. And so meanwhile, while I'm chasing Jesus and getting accolades, I'm also struggling with like hidden sin. And I, alongside Jesus, chased boys and I chased fame. And so that really didn't go well for me. It was like Jesus, boys, fame, all equal. And so (laughs) I um, started kind of compromising where I stood on purity my senior year of high school. And then moving into college, you know, I started really strong with where I stood on drinking. And then I started compromising that. It's a little by little. I just... I had I was the good girl of the bad crowd and the bad girl of the good crowd and honestly I kind of liked tasting a little bit of unfaithfulness because let's be honest sin is actually fun it's just that it leads you down a destructive path that has consequences for years to come and so I had fun and then I moved to Dallas and um when I got plugged into a biblical church that was calling me higher, showing me a picture of what full devotion to Jesus looks like, everything changed for me. So um, the fun that I had, the anxiety that I felt faded, um, and I ended up laying down my music career, stopping dating for a while, stopping drinking, and that's when I found contentment in Jesus and nothing else. And so um, the big change for me was full devotion to Christ and not trying to tiptoe and kind of have my cake and eat it too. Wow. And so, because I think a lot of people are going to listen to you, listen to your podcast, listen to this podcast and think, well, yeah, she's like a minister. She's a podcaster. She's perfect. She's never made any mistakes. So what would you say to somebody who right now is maybe where you're at or they'll they're thinking, yeah. I don't know how God ever is, ever is going to use me or redeem me yeah. for anything significant in life. I'm just this. I'm just a person who has yeah. lost my virginity an early mm-hmm. before marriage. I'm just the person who drinks. I'm just the person who does XYZ sin, what would you say as an encouragement for that type of an individual? First, I would say that I, I honestly feel that too. Probably now in this current current season more than I ever have of I'm not really in a position where people are looking at me constantly and saying, well done, because I'm not around people in a sense that I used to be as far as ministry. Being behind this camera, which is what I do now for ministry, is you don't get the live feedback. So anyways, sometimes it's hard for me to remember that God can use me. So one, I understand that. Um, Two, I think sometimes that position, one, it either makes too little of God in a sense that you don't believe that He is who He says He is. He can't can't, uh, redeem. He can't um, restore. Uh, Look through the Gospels. Um, the disciples were a bunch of hoodlums who like really screwed up all the time. And those are the people that God chose. Um, so I would say, um, one, learn to make much of God. Two, I understand you. And um, three, if you want my track record, I mean, I've been in jail for DUI, one heartbreak after another. I mean, I let's see, I could go through a list, but it, it really like 
The only list that matters is that if you know Jesus, that he died and was raised to life again, you have been redeemed. That's the list you need to hold on to. So you need to stop rehearsing all the things that suck about you, because guess what? You are a sinner in a broken world filled with sin. And when you sin, you fulfill your job description. And Jesus is the one who said, I'm coming to make that sinner righteous. I look at you and I see Jesus. I don't see your mess. I see Jesus. So you better buckle up. Keep your head up. Psalm 3 says, Jesus is a lifter of your head and you better keep moving forward because I have plans for you. Hey guys, before jumping back into the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to this show's sponsor, Making Him Known Apparel Company. Making Him Known is run by my guy, Aaron. And Aaron does an awesome job of making apparel that draws others to Jesus. They have hoodies, tees, totes, stickers, and much more stuff coming soon, all at Making Him Known. Dot com, which will be linked in the show notes. So if you want to support this podcast, go support Making Him Known and go get you some awesome apparel. That's right. I mean, that's the big, that's the best thing in the world because the reality is if you were the one in charge of redeeming yourself, then of course, yeah, you would yeah, yeah, you're not moving forward. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> but good yeah. thing God is in the business of using broken people like myself. And like you and like everybody else and using them for, using them for incredible purposes going forward. And that's God's Absolutely. job. And the moment that I think we say, well, I'm nothing more than my mistakes. I, I can't overcome my last failure yeah. is really kind of an yeah. insult to God to say, you can't use me, God. You can't yeah. use me, God. And the truth of the matter is, yes, he can, regardless of what yeah. you've fallen into, regardless of the failures you've had, God has you. Not because you're good, but because he's good. And Absolutely. that's the beautiful thing about what he does. You know, he's the God of the turnaround, which is an amazing thing. And I so love that. The Laura, God of the I kind of love the trend. That's right. God of the turn. I can't claim it though. I heard it somewhere, but I can't, I can't, I don't know where it's from, but I didn't make it up. I promise. So <laughs> as we're kind of moving forward here, uh, you know, this is an audience driven podcast in which, you know, I, I want to post out, I want to give my audience a chance to submit their questions and things like that. So these next few questions are going to feel disconnected, but they're very pertinent. And so, okay, let's go. A couple questions that people kind of hit me up in the, the DMs with is number one is this, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this right now? What would you say to someone who is single and discontent with their current relationship status? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what changed everything for me is learning that God grieves with me. Um, that's not something that I heard from someone else. It's not something I got from a book. It's, it comes from honest wrestle with the scriptures and my own feeling of discontentment. Here's what I learned. Um, you open up Genesis and you see that woman is made for man. And so there is something about the the marriage relationship that is different than just saying, hey, go find community and be content. So there is an ache in my heart for that romantic relationship to be a helper um, that is that is God-given. And so that's I had to realize that. And then because of sin, because... Um, there is brokenness as a result of sin in our world. I had to look and say, okay, I'm a 25-year-old who really wants to be married. And guess what? Sin. 25 years ago, somebody had an abortion that could have been a godly man who could have been my husband. Guess what also? Um, right now, there are men around me who are consumed with pornography. Guess what also? When I was 19, you know, I was too worried about getting drunk and having fun and chasing this career in music, which I didn't even men mention in my story, but I was too worried about, about that to um, be fully devoted 
to God. And I would have, thank God I didn't get married because I would have ended up with somebody who didn't have the same ultimate life goal, like life goal that I had. So anyways, I would say, God, um, when something is broken, you have to assume that God is grieved over that because Mm. that's not his original design and he has a plan to redeem it. He's grieved over that. Um, The second thing I would say, um, don't miss your current season wishing for the next one. It sounds so silly and so dumb, but uh, if you need to rebuild, okay, um, I'll I'll do this. This is, I'll be quick. I know your, your podcasts are short, so I want to, uh, I'm like, this is just so fun. Um, Jeremiah 29, seven, uh, we, we hear Jeremiah 29, 11, like the Lord knows their plans for me. You need to back up a little bit. And, um, It says this, seek the welfare of the city that you are in. And Mm. God wasn't saying that to people who were in a really nice city with everything that they wanted. He was saying that to people who were under oppression, who were being mocked for their faith, who were experiencing significant consequences for sin. So there's a loose tie there of, of just understanding God's heart and his commands for us and saying, okay, where, whatever city you're in, whatever undesired situation you're in, seek the welfare of 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 what's around you. And so, um, when you're constantly rehearsing how sad you are, how upset you are that you don't have what you want, you're not able to bring what God has given you to bring to the situation that you're in. And oftentimes bringing what God has given you to bring to that situation in turn fills you up and in turn gives you joy and in turn helps you have open hands. Anyways, the last thing I'll say on that is, um, is pray boldly. It's okay. I would literally like, this might be too graphic. I would literally like get in the shower, the lights, lights off and the candles. And I would be like on my knees, like, God, I'm grabbing you by the heels. Like, please, I want husband. And I, I, there was something that I think just knowing God's character, you, you see the persistent widow in scriptures, you see people praying for what they want. And, and God says in James, you do not have because you do not ask. It's not always the case, but, um, I would say pray and ask and, and, um, don't forget that God loves you. And if and if you don't have it, there's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day, and a lot of people think it's just the girls. Like, just the girls are the ones who feel like, ah, I want to be married. I really want to be married. No. Like, the guys are the same way, You're if not exactly more. exactly right. If not more passionate. And I was talking to this guy the other day, and he was like, I just want to be married, man. I just want to be married. He's like, look, I get it. Because number one, let's, let's let the cat out of the bag here. Being yeah. married, in my opinion, I enjoy being married more than I enjoy being single. Otherwise, otherwise I wouldn't be married. Like that's, I hate when people are like the single years are your best years. It's like, no, it's not. Why would you be married? Why are you married? (laughs) So don't get me wrong. Being married is great. I think it's better. I like it. Yeah. For my personal lifestyle, it's better than I was being single, but yet that doesn't give anybody a hall pass to miss out on what the very specific blessings and positives are of that season. The flexibility, the ability to move without being chained down. Like, look, I got a wife yeah. in my life. I love my wife. She's she means the world to me. Let's be honest though. 
I can't do as much damage for the kingdom time-wise as I could yep. when I was just a single 23-year-old dude. Like, yep. I got to get home to my wife. I got to I got to spend time with my family. And I love spending mm-hmm. time with my family. But at the end of the day, I am inhibited of doing some of the things that I was just used to coming and going and doing all the time without having yep. to, ever having to worry about it. Yep. Singleness holds so much potential. And if you waste that season just worried about the fact that you are single and not married, then you will squander something that you'll look back and be like, dang. I really wish I would have took advantage of that. So that's so true. I want to keep moving here, though. Of course, yeah. And so I want to get to the other side of it, though, because there are people who are single for different reasons. People who are single by choice who are like, "Listen, I'm single, and I want to be single because I think the opposite sex is horrible. I've had bad relationships, trauma in my past, whatever, and I ain't no way I'm out of the dating game." <laughs> what would you say to somebody like that? Uh, first off, I would say it's okay to be single. Um, but but don't start crossing emotional boundaries with the opposite sex. Don't start trying to have your cake and eat it too. Um, don't be dating because if you want to be single, stay single. Don't be hooking up with people because that's meant for marriage. Uh, it's okay to be single. Uh, it's not okay to not deal with your baggage. It's not okay to look at uh, guys or girls or anyone and assume that they're going to be just like whoever it was that broke your heart. They're not. And this is something that people had to tell me because I dated guys who, um, unfortunately, like, we're again, we're in a broken world. I dated guys who um, weren't believers and treated me like they weren't believers sometimes. And I, um, or I would just unexpectedly think things are going great and then I would get dumped. And it was just like, oh my gosh, um, I, all the feelings that come with that. Um, we could do a whole breakup episode or relationship episode, but I, um, uh, people had to tell me like, Hey, when it comes to opening your heart again, that person is not him. You know, whoever it was that wounded me, that person is not him. And so I would say, don't close yourself off so much because you want to control, um, that you're not open to to what God has for you because you're not just missing out uh, on um, it, it's not just choosing a lifestyle. It's like you might be missing out on something that God has literally intended for you. And oftentimes wounds that were created in relationship heal in relationship. So you might be closing yourself off to healing that could come. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's what I would say. I think that's such a good, a poignant point too, though, is don't let, the fear of failure or being failed stop you from moving to a place yeah, in which yeah. could be such a successful, healthy, God-honoring relationship yeah. in your life. And so, Laura, you yeah. learned so much. Obviously, oh. you're, a wealth, you're a wealth of wisdom. Fire away. This is this is really important because there's there are two different uh, – thank you for letting me interrupt you. There are two different kind of categories there. One of them is like you need to stop dating the people that you've been dating. So yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it wasn't enough to just say like, he's not him. Well, sometimes he is because you have wounds and you're attract wounds, attract wounds. So sometimes you're attracted to people who have just as much, just as many red flags as you do, or you have a type. And unfortunately the bad boy or the girl who's like just out of reach, you know, you might need to you might need to go for somebody who's a little more emotionally available. You might need to go for somebody who's fully following Jesus and not trying to cross physical boundaries. Because yeah, you will get hurt again if you're trying to do that stuff. 
yeah, people are either uh, their blessings or their lessons. So oh. <laughs> either way, <laughs> you'll, you'll oh, figure it out, I guess, at one point. <laughs> That's right. I stole that one from Vic Blinds on TikTok. So he's not oh, a pastor, fun. <laughs> but it, it rhymes. But no, Laura, before I let you go, you've obviously learned a lot in your life. But what is God teaching you right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, uh, and there's a name of God that I've been thinking about a lot the past couple of days. It's Jehovah Makadesh. And it means the God who sanctifies. And being a mom has been the probably single most sanctifying act of my life. And uh, I've been through some stuff that is sanctifying. Um, and uh, there's a verse in, in this. I've been like kind of just going through Psalms slowly alongside Romans. And there's a verse that, that really stuck just like stuck. Um, and it says this, it, it says the water saw you, Oh God, the water saw you and trembled. And there was something really, I sat with it for like several days. This was earlier this week. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, if the waters that, that in this example are a picture of threat, a picture of something that can drown you. Um, if the waters look at God and tremble, um, there is something to his sovereignty over your situations. And it just might be that Jehovah, Makadesh, the God who sanctifies, has allowed specific waters to come right around your circle because he wants to teach you how to swim. Because he he knows that on the other side of swimming, you are going to be the person that he always knew you could be. That um, there is so much joy on the other side. And there's so much about his character right now in the treading of the water and while you're out of breath and when you're like, I can't take anymore. It's too hard. Put, being pushed past your limits where he's like, I promise I'm doing something. If you'll just keep pressing into me, even if you don't understand, I am Jehovah Makadesh, the God who sanctifies, and I'm continuously making you more like me. And the end result of that is more joy, more peace, more hope, and more maturity that's going to serve other people as well. So um, the waters fear him. They submit to him. And so they must be here for a reason. Yeah, man, that's such a good word, Laura. And man, we are just fired up to have had you on. And I know it added a ton of value to the listeners today. So we appreciate you. Thanks, Nick. Grateful for y'all.